Hello everybody and welcome back to the New Lock Hard Truth Business Podcast. I am joined today by the newly minted head of, what's your title? Head of Cryptocurrencies at, at Copper90? Head of, head of Crypto Media. Head of Crypto head Media. Head of Crypto apparently. Media. That's uh, it's one of the better titles I've heard, not going to lie. How you doing, Pet Mate? You all right? I'm not too bad, not too bad. Been um, really busy last like six to eight weeks, but um, yeah, enjoying it. Right, well, let's get into it. Talk to me about it. You are the the head of crypto media. What does that mean? What What is your job? What is my job? It's, it's a good question. And I, I think someone said to me when they saw that I'd been appointed, they were like, I think your ambition as life is to is to make your job harder and harder to explain to your parents every year. Um, yep. So so um, I work myself as, alongside kind of working at Copper um, and at Copper, we're basically trying to become the, the bridge between crypto and football. That is the, the kind of one liner. And uh, that is anything from football brands trying to figure out what they want to do with crypto and, and NFTs and all this kind of wild west of a new world. And then you've got crypto companies who also want to sponsor and partner with big football brands and sports brands. Have you seen with Crypto.com, for example, sponsoring everyone mm-hmm. under the sun, partnering with PSG, and you've got FTX, you know, having Steph Curry as their ambassador and stuff like that. And then yep. you've got kind of crypto native football companies. So there's, you know, the, the really big and successful ones have been Socios and, and So Rare and so on and so forth. But there's going to be an emergent, like, kind of 2.0 class of, of people in the football world who are looking at what kind of crypto propositions they can build. And I've spoken to really, really exciting people in the last like three or four weeks, both from kind of like the, you know, in the big football speak in terms of people in in in, in the football world, alongside people who are you know just coming out of uni with, with really awesome ideas uh, doing their kind of pre-seeds. So I've just seen it's just such a such a really vibrant space at the moment, which is which is really on the bleeding edge of, of innovation, and it's kind of seeping into sports now, which is great. So for me, um, I'm not hugely educated on crypto, sure. um, but NFTs is something I like the sound of. It, NFT is something <laughs> I can get my head around. Cryptocurrencies are difficult. You've got obviously stable coins. You've got things like Bitcoin, which I think is in the zeitgeist now. But NFTs, which are non fungible tokens these in layman speaks is where you can own a digital asset i suppose Mm -hmm. is the 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 most basic way to put it now it's interesting you working for for copper 90 as i think the relationship between sport and nfts is a really really good cross-section because for example um christian ronaldo's free kick against peterborough uh, peterborough portsmouth all those years ago, imagine owning that that video, that goal as an NFT. Yeah, it is effectively a trading card um, for, but you can have it for videos, for photos, for images, for whatever. Um, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but that that crossover in sport, the 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 beautiful the Maradona goals and things like mm. that. If if you're able to create an NFT of that and you had one of one, that's going to be huge in value. That is going to be. <laughs> That's going to be a real piece of if if you have a collector, you'd be like, oh, what you? I own the Harry Wilson free kick derby against my United. You'd be like, all oh, right, well, I have the, I have the Maradona hand, um, hand of God NFT. Yeah. That's what I own. So I really do see the the other place I see, um, it, NFTs and crypto really working well, is gaming. And I don't know if you know much about 
um, crypto in gaming. But oh, I do, unfortunately. Oh well, it just—it's <laughs> exciting, isn't it? It just it's seems, very exciting. The things you can do with it, I just think, is is extremely. Uh, in two, three years' time, the whole landscape's going to change. Um, I don't know a huge deal about what's going on right now. I kind of look towards the future. So, 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 right now in the gaming world, I don't, I don't know if you were just going to explain or you were asking me, but no, I'll, no, I'll you go, go please. So, right now in the gaming world, we've gone from this kind of pay for a, a, a disc and play a game or a cassette or whatever. I don't know, depending how old your audience is. Whoa, 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 um, whoa. whoa. <laughs> or, or, or buy a game online and and play it and then play with your friends online or just play the kind of story mode in games and then we went to this kind of free to play model you know your fortnights your war zones your your whatever and you then have to, to to have a cooler character or to maybe unlock new levels or worlds you then have to pay in game and FIFA Ultimate Team is, is a great example of kind of a combination of those two, right? So on FIFA, you, you buy the game to play the career mode, and then you also have the Ultimate Team thing, which is kind of free-to-play, but it's not really free-to-play because loads of people spend money on it. So last year, FIFA made about $1.6 billion on FIFA Ultimate Team, which is Point pretty incredible, change. right? Yeah. Which is, which is a lot of money. If you consider that the gaming industry is going to be projected to make about 180 billion in 2021 that's a lot of money right like you're talking about <laughs> kind of like one percent of all the gaming revenue in the world was made by fifa ultimate team so that's that's a that's a shit ton of money uh, right? absolutely yeah and and where we're going to and, and I'm, i don't know if any of your your listeners have seen kind of axi infinity or or stuff like that but um is is the play to earn model and so if you imagine games that are free to play or any games right now they are basically economies in themselves that have a 100% tax rate. So Mike goes and plays Fortnite. He plays hours and hours and hours of the game, loves it, buys loads of um, assets to, to, to use in game. But realistically, they, they're not owned by him. He plays them, he, he uses them. And the only, the only thing he derives from this experience is simply, you know, uh, fun or having a good yeah. time with your mates in, in, in a digital way which is completely fine but it's kind of like what we've been conditioned to, to accept or accept as the norm and we kind of accept that we are gonna pay with our time and money to, to have a lot of fun which is great what we're moving into is people creating games where they say okay if i can create a bigger pie that in that aligns incentives of the users and the developers and make it bigger then the tax rate that I can run, which is say, let's say 15%, is is yep. one more sustainable. Two, you have a stickier um user base that stick around for longer. And three, you usually have a user base who spend more because they can actually own the assets or make a return on that investment. So that is kind of the so area cool. we're, we're working into, which is which is awesome. And if people do ha- haven't checked out Axie Infinity, check it out. It's had a, a big dip in its market by, by by a fair bit, but it's it's still going incredibly strong. They've crossed two billion in in, in gaming revenue and this is a game that's in beta. So <laughs> um uh it, it's pretty incredible and it's and it's redefined the way that some people are working digitally so basically the way that this game x infinity set off um it started doing really well in the philippines um so during the lockdown in 2020 i believe um a lot of filipino people could not work outside they couldn't work in factories so yeah. someone in a neighboring community Huge found out about that market huge part of their market right you'll, you'll know better than me I'm, I'm not big into kind of manufacturing and uh, and the rest of world production stuff but um 
someone in the neighboring community finds out about Axe Infinity, has no idea about crypto or how to set up their own Ethereum wallet, dives into this head first, realizes, shit, I'm making a token that I can then change into Ethereum and then into a stablecoin or actual fiat. Or directly now on Binance, you can just go straight into the kind of um, fiat-backed stablecoin and then back into to money for yourself, which is really yeah. awesome. And so this took off massively in the Philippines. People started quitting their jobs, making three, four times more than they were making at factories or, or, um, or in agricultural work. And it just, it was a new way of working in a digital way. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, we've had this shift from buy a game, play a game to here's a free game, but you've got to pay some money in the game to use better things or funner things or make your cast, uh, character a bit more customizable. And we're going into this new world, which is like you play, you can earn, but also it's like a whole new way of living and working in a digital way. And I think this whole kind of notion of ready player one and stuff like that, this mm-hmm. kind of feels like the building blocks of it, which is really awesome. It's, it, it's exciting. That's what I like about it is the gaming industry has been growing in a way of, of graphical and processing power. We're getting to a point now where you can't the graphics can't get a lot better the the process and power yeah you can increase it blah blah you can make bigger landscapes blah 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 but there's no real innovation other than vr um i like what you say about the the customization people spend a lot of time for example on their ultimate team um and they will put a lot of time and effort into creating this great team but then the new fifa comes out it you have to start from scratch and i just think the future is with with crypto and nfts and you're able to take something from one place and use it elsewhere on the same platform am i right in saying that or is that two years three years ten years down the line you could if you were to play i don't know um what's the 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 huge online multiplayer game um Fortnite. No, 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 shoot. I'm talking World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft, yeah. Yeah, so people take a, a, they learn a weapon in World of Warcraft and they will own that weapon and they can trade it. So, so, so let me stop you there because what you've just described is basically why Ethereum um, as a blockchain started out. So, Vitalik oh. Buterin, the, the founder of it, he was a massive World of Warcraft player and I, I admittedly am not, so I'm kind of paraphrasing his, his story. What um, I know about World of Warcraft is the South Park episode "Make Love Not Warcraft," which is <laughs> if you if you've not watched it, just just YouTube "Make Love Not Warcraft." It's the only thing I've ever watched. And then this is when I was about fourteen. I then phoned my friends up and got them around my house to watch it because it's an incredible <laughs> episode. But sorry, carry on. So. Um... He basically was a big World of Warcraft fan. He found Bitcoin early. One of the first things he did was was start writing about Bitcoin because he was really interested in it. He then lost all his World of Warcraft assets, that this thing he'd been playing hundreds of hours for, uh, in rather. And he was like, this is wrong. Like, how does this work? And he basically started Ethereum off the back of that notion that um, no one sole entity should, should be centralized to the extent that they can just wipe off your, your, your assets and you don't actually own them. And it's crazy that that was in like 2013, 14. We're kind of eight years down the line and we're only seeing that now. And what we are going to be seeing a lot more is this interoperability between games and now, this might be big, big blue sky thinking, but let's imagine you own a card on SoRare, right? Uh, which yep. is the the blockchain digital fantasy game, um, which, you know, I make some content about a uh, little quick plug. But imagine you own a card <laughs> on there 
And you own the uh, Moussa Dembele, plays for Leon, right? Striker. I've got one of him. Let's say in five years, so rare, create a bridge or or have some sort of partnership with a football game. It might not be FIFA. It could be a blockchain-based football game. And they allow you to take that card and you can use that card on this game. And that is an ownable asset as a player. You can use them in a FIFA Ultimate Team type game. Again, the blue sky thinking, but that is that is the idea, right? To to talk, to simplify it, imagine if for the older people listening, you bought a pack of Panini stickers, you got a player, you're able then to be able to use that player that you've got that you own in this game in this football game. Is that is that a real simple way of looking at it? Yeah, I, I mean, look, like you basically, it, it's it's hard to, I've actually, I've I got a better one, right? Like, let's imagine you have some Pokemon cards, right? In old, old way, old way round way of thinking is I've got these Pokemon cards and I can only use them to play the Pokemon game. But let's imagine you can take those Pokemon cards and you can use them in another game somewhere else. Some sort of other game that is designed to allow you to incorporate these cards in them. So um, the old way of thinking is, let's imagine you design, you are given a pack of cards and you can only use them at a specific casino and you can only play Texas Hold'em Up Poker. The new way of thinking is, here's a pack of cards. You can go build Go Fish or build uh, a poker game or build another game. And those same cards can be used on all those games. Oh, it's just, if you really deep down, if you really look at it, if you really think about it, the possibilities are, they're so exciting. They genuinely are exciting. I'm a 30-year-old bloke and I'm excited by by, by this, which is, it's It's insane what we'll be able to do with that. This with is, that real this is basis. basically, uh, and I did something in, internal at Copper the other day, and, 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 you know, this isn't, this is something I've said publicly as well, so it's not kind of um, private information, but... <laughs> I thought we were going to scoop then. <laughs> it's not private information, and loads of people have said it, but like, okay, in, in, in the mid to late 90s, you had the internet. In the mid to late 2000s, you had social media, and basically... 2017 to 2021 i think is a period that people look back at as the very beginnings of crypto and and a new kind of paradigm for for every the way we interact with the internet completely yeah oh well we're we're still very early on it very early this is we've gone from 2017 was black and white tv we've just got color tv this year we're very early yeah and this isn't a a claim for everyone to go out there and buy no put their whole uh, no 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 don't put any money on, on bitcoin or whatever this is just the an emerging technology there are going to be a lot of winners and losers in this there's going to be a lot of people that there's going to be an amazon there's going to be a oh, i was going to use the exact same analogy i'm going <laughs> to i'm going to cut that out and there's going to be an amazon there's going to be a pets.com right i'm cutting your bit out and i'm having that bit in there because <laughs> you're the same companies right uh, brill so I tell you what, just, just plug yourself. You you had a little plug in there. You are you've got a few podcasts. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Pat and Panda Cast. Um, I'm doing. I'm still doing the State of Play podcast, which we're up for a, an award, uh, the Football Content Awards again this this year. The awards are on the 14th of October, which I'm going to, which is great fun. Hopefully, we're uh, we're we're up there again. Um, but Where is that? Much much stiffer competition. It is in the Royal Lancaster, London, or something like that. 
Oh, and by the way, no, I don't appreciate that much stiffer competition because that's how we met at the <laughs> Football <laughs> Bloggers Award for for the state of play, not not the the former <laughs> big podcast. Yeah. The state of the state of play. Uh, last year, we were one of the best new content creators. So, and, and I'm not being disparaging of any other people there, but um, the podcasts that we were up against were a lot smaller. Not not smaller than us, but like the same level of us. And now, for example, um, we're up against the Spanish football podcast, which is run by okay. like Sid Lowe and, and stuff. So we're we're at, we're, at, we're at longer odds if you're a betting man. <laughs> um, and then I so I also make some. Uh, content about so rare um so you can search up so rare guide on on youtube on on twitter um so i make uh, content kind of like explaining what so rare is how it, how it works i've recently recently launched a um uh a newsletter called sporting crypto that that actually goes out every monday it will actually be going up in 10 minutes to be honest with you um but, <laughs> uh i remind myself to tweet that but that is that was basically like a shit i'm having so many conversations about so many interesting things and maybe some of these things people want to read and even if it's only like a hundred people ever read them that's fine but for me i find it quite cathartic to be able to to pull in everything that i've looked at seen and and smelt this week and just put it all into one kind of like you know thousand thousand five hundred words newsletter and it got a really like much better reception than i anticipated to be honest with you when i when i when i started there's only about like 40 subscribers but it had about 300 views and i had people from Kind of, I won't name who name names, but like people from like actual football entities reach out and be like, "That was awesome!" Oh, wow. like, you know, blah blah. Would love to chat. Or, "Hey, I'm I'm I've just started this this football NFT project. Like, would love to chat to you." Or, "Like, I'm just started this kind of um, you know sports collectible brand thing. Can we have a chat?" And it's like, um, I never really anticipated it to be a, a driver to me or a driver of, of 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 cool conversations. I just wanted to like put my thoughts on a, on a piece of paper because i think it's, it's a niche that not really that many people are doing much editorial content on so i thought i'd i'd do that and then um where can people find that uh, so people can find that on substack but you can also follow me on twitter at pet barisha so p-e-t-b-e-r-i-s-h-a and then just my pin tweet you'll find it there um but it goes out oh, every monday cool. cover like a couple of the, like either big stories of the week or like big projects that i've kind of had my teeth sunk into and, and kind of uh, researching um and then on top of that like for the last 12 months i've been doing uh bits and bobs of uh content project work with um mainly in kind of fintech crypto and football and the last six to nine months has been all all crypto stuff and one of the big ones that's going to be coming out in the next few weeks is the history and future of nfts which was produced by yours truly was funded by a dao called nfts what the fuck and has been narrated by yep. uh jamie oh, burke who's it's all the, going on isn't it yeah, I've got loads on and uh, it's it's been great. But I think the, the future pet is going to likely have his, you know, the, the, the copper pet side of his week in life. And then I think I'd also like another couple of big irons in the fire rather than having, um, you know, this one big iron in the fire with, with copper, which really excited. And we're all really excited about kind of growing together there, but also having not like 10 other things to do, but like two or three that are like, you know, that are really stimulating. Oh, no, really can't not, that the ten, not, the, not that the 10 things I'm doing right now aren't stimulating. I'm just like, it's just too much, too much to keep. No, 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 that's what you've said. Everything else is a load of crap. And this is just what you want to look into. No, no, I've just subscribed. I'm going to, I'll Thank get stuck you. into that. Something crypto is something I really want to educate myself on more when I have the time. I have two young children. They don't yeah. like giving me much time. Yeah, that is, that is very fair. Right. So let's move on to the news. Now, um, I don't really want to talk about gas prices going up. 
<laughs> it's not the most riveting thing, yeah, and I don't care about it. I know, exactly. So what I want to talk about is a couple of things. Keeping with the crypto theme, um, I get this put up here. I want to talk about OpenSea. Now, mm. OpenSea is a platform that allows you to trade NFTs. Yep. Um, so a lot of these people are on there. They're, they'll upload an NFT, they'll sell it, they'll trade it, yada, yada, yada. Now, they have come under fire this week because yeah. it turns out their, I think it's public knowledge of who it is, uh, their head of product yeah. has basically been insider trading. Mm. Which so, so so a bit more perspective needs to be needs to be given to this. Please, please, o- yeah, a, a bit more context rather. OpenSea are fucking huge, right? Like they they are basically the eBay of NFTs. They have basically hundred x on hundred x on their on their volume. They did three point four billion dollars in transaction volume last month. They raised a hundred million dollar Series B from A sixteen Z at about one point five billion. Uh, billion dollar valuation which i'm sure is already like 5x since then um they are massive so this is a, a really big deal uh in in the nft and, and crypto community yeah. it's yeah so this isn't small fry stuff the the issue that i've got with all this though is if this was just normal financial insider trading there, it would feel like there'll be a lot more of a repercussion to this. Um, it has been announced that the person that was doing it has accepted a resignation. Mm-hmm. Um, OpenSea forced him to resignate. That's how they worded it. Um, and they are pursuing legal action. Now, I don't know if you're probably better placed to explain how exactly he did this. I don't know if there's something you're clued up on because you are my crypto expert um <laughs> but effectively the theory is he'll he'll buy something for 0.25 ethereum and then sell it to himself 20 minutes later for one and a half ethereum um so again I'm, I'm i'm not a, i'm not a tech guy and i'm not a uh, i have no legal background or expertise at all that's not my bag so i just want to preface this mm-hmm. with that he was basically front running the market so he was using secret wallets to buy like nft drops before they were listed on the main page of OpenSea, and then he was selling them shortly after they were basically highlighted by OpenSea, and he was funneling back the profits to his main account and so it's quite awkward, though, because like, so in the blockchain crypto world, everything is on a blockchain, right? You can so see everything. That's so you could, see, you could see uh, money moving from X to Y, whereas like, you know, if a big bank has a money laundering thing that gets uncovered, it's very, it's harder to trace paper than it is on a blockchain. And of course, these wallets are anonymized. But if you're seeing the same patterns emerge, it really doesn't take an expert to see what's going on. So it was really awkward. Some guy literally tweeted, I think I've got evidence of of OpenSea. Uh, actually, he didn't even phrase it like that. He said, someone at OpenSea is front running the market and I have proof. Yes, and he, I saw. And, and he literally just, he just, he just tweeted below, here are the wallets that, the, here are the secret wallets that are consistently going to the same wallet after, after buying these uh, NFTs for cheap and then selling them for, for, uh, for more when they're highlighted or when they come publicly onto OpenSea when there's a, there's a bigger market to them. And these profits are continu- consistently going to this same wallet. So, 
someone just put two to get two together it's the only way someone's consistently doing that and and the t- you could see the timing as well someone would have probably looked <laughs> at the timing of when these get linked on uh, publicly to OpenSea, and that person was always selling or selling there or thereabouts so you could just look and and see it's... that this was kind of this something dodgy was going on and now look like that's it's obviously not like this and... person was an amateur it's this this person no. it was head of product at OpenSea, which as yeah. you put is the ebay of crypto yeah. So this guy wasn't like, oh, wait, everyone can see what I'm yeah. doing. Might not know it's him, but they can see something's happening. It yeah. just baffles me. And what else baffles me as well is the profits he would make from this is, I mean, to me and you, it would be a lot of money. But yeah. I would imagine this guy's going to have equity in OpenSea. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, so, <laughs> so when you talked about repercussions, right, legally, there will be stuff employer contract wise that he will get done by right you'd think mm-hmm. right because that's completely against his employer contract and blah blah blah. even though OpenSea aren't regulated by a financial entity they, they probably have their own internal regulations right yeah but secondly he might not ever get a job in, in crypto again and he that's might it. <laughs> he, 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 like the replication the repercussions have been set by himself to some extent well, so uh, talk to me about what what were the um the revenues of OpenSea? how many uh, trades were on OpenSea last they, month they did 3.5 billion dollars 3.4 billion dollars in transaction <laughs> volume last month in transaction so that's not that's not for everyone listening that's not profit OpenSea have made that's not no. revenue that's just how much has been traded on the platform yeah. OpenSea will take a cut of that they will have yeah. that, that's how they'll make their money and they've just raised 100 million so you would think that they're probably from, valuing from themselves. the biggest of the bigs they're valued yes. at about 1.5 billion 1.5 billion so if, <laughs> if this guy owned 0.1 percent of that 1.5 billion effectively he has just lost himself a shit ton of money yeah an absolute even if i would imagine a little more of that um than 10 basis points but whatever by doing this fraud, he has just lost himself a shit ton of money. He's also then booked his credibility. So yeah. he can't go to the... What will happen with these startups is you, they'll go public. The the top brass there, they'll they'll make their money. They'll take their stock. Then they'll go to another company and they'll reinvest their money or they will, they'll start their own company. Um, he's not going to be able to do that anymore. He's not going to be able to go to the next big thing and say, look, I was head of product at OpenSea. You want to hire me. You want to give me a nice big um, stock option package because no one's going to touch him. Yeah. And for what? For for just to make it a bit of profit? It just doesn't make sense to me. It was very silly. And if he's yeah. doing it, who else is doing it? Yeah, I mean, I think whoever's doing it outside of him um... – they are they are probably cleaning up their act. Oh <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. But the, that's uh... the problem with with cryptocurrency with with the blockchain. They you can't get rid of it. It is there forever. Everyone can see those transactions. So it'll be interesting to see if they can see specific patterns that just stop. Yeah, <laughs> that just because then you can if they can link it back to people. That will be very interesting and. It'll be interesting to see what happens in six months with OpenSea and see if they have a, a decent investigation because they have brought somebody in to investigate what happened and how. Um, mm. Moving on from OpenSea and the, the madness that's there, I'm going to go to something even, in, even more insane. 
Now, we've talked a little bit about this, uh, about a company called Theranos. Um, Theranos, I don't know how you pronounce it. don't know if many people will know about Theranos. It is a, uh, a company over in the US. Uh, it's not a company anymore. They Their trial for fraud has started this week with their former CEO, uh, a lady called Elizabeth Holmes, who is going to be played by Jennifer Lawrence in the <laughs> Theranos movie which will be coming out what what theranos did is many many years ago about uh 15 years ago now elizabeth holmes had she was at stanford university and she thought she could create a machine that just from a drop of blood could run about 200 tests oh yeah 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 yeah. incredible idea if i said that to you that's an incredible idea that means people could go to their local supermarket because this was in walgreens at one point they could do a little pinprick like you see when people with diabetes yeah. they'll check their blood levels put it into this little tiny capsule send that away and it does 200 tests on them to make sure everything's okay great idea is it possible no <laughs> it is it is not possible at all if you talk to talk to experts now that's 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 many startups out there they they have a big idea if it's not possible they go under this this wasn't the case with elizabeth holmes she was 19 at the time um (laughs) she started doing this and and it and it grew uh they they started getting investors now these aren't silicon valley investors these aren't sequoia capital or (laughs) or any of the big boys she was getting investment from very strange places she was getting investments from things like military contracts really yeah really 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 weird places now elizabeth holmes is a really weird i don't want to call her a weird person but she's a weird person she was she was obsessed if you were to believe if this is all what other people have, uh, have written about her she was obsessed with steve jobs to the point where she wore nothing but turtlenecks she (laughs) she if she you talk to her she didn't blink she would, if you watch interviews with her and she was talking to someone, she refused to blink. <laughs> and she put on a fake deep voice. Right. So she, she, I, and I completely get that. She was a 19 year old woman. She needed to be more intimidating. She put on a deep voice so she could fit in with the, with the, with the blokes. Right. So, <laughs> so she created this company with, with big ideas. Now she then, a guy called um, Sonny Ban, what's his, uh, Balwani joined her, which apparently is what well, they, they had a private relationship also. Okay. As um, in like, uh, uh, they know. were, they were partners. Got they, it. they, they, they were, they were lovers. Got it. As it, as it grew and more and more investors started to get involved and, and Elizabeth was like, yeah, we've created this machine. It does this. It's incredible. Investors would go to her and say, can't oh, come and see the machine? No. They were like, sorry? I said, no, 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 we don't want you to see the machine. You can't see the machine. It's proprietary. So everyone was a little bit confused of why why this is the case. Like, why why can't you let us see the, the machine, the, this blood test machine, this this miracle machine, which is going to save millions of people's lives? Mm. She's like, no, no, it's, it's all proprietary. It's, it's all, it's ours. We don't want anyone to steal it. Right. What? What actually turns out what was happening is this machine didn't work. Right. What they were doing is they were taking this drop of blood and they were putting them into already on the market Samsung machines. <laughs> uh, 
And they were getting these results um, and they were sending these results out to people incorrectly. So these people would go in for blood tests. They, they thought they might have a disease. They were talking about doctors and they were going to Walgreens over in America, um, which is a, like, like a supermarket is the best way to put it or like a, yeah, uh, yeah, boots. Um, they were having these tests and they were getting incorrect information and people were starting to do these tests and having proper blood tests at the same time. Unbelievable. The, the Theranos test was saying you're completely fine. And oh the blood God. tests were called by saying, you're in, you've got this issue. This went on. I, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a number here. How much do you think Theranos raised? I think they raised like 200 million pounds. More. $500 million. million. $500 million. More. $1.2 billion. $700 million. Oh, my God. At a $10 billion valuation. <laughs> uh, that peaked around 2013, 2014. That's unbelievable. It's insane. Now, obviously, I can't get into the ins and outs of it because the stories are about this company are crazy. On the board oh, of directors, had there wasn't any scientists. There wasn't any healthcare professionals on the board of directors. They were military men. They were old, white, former Secretary of States. They were uh, <laughs> they were military men on this on Theranos's board. She used NDAs out the because people were obviously working on the machine and people knew this machine didn't work. And she was using very strict NDAs. A guy called John Carreyrou for the Wall Street Journal is the guy who broke the story. He struggled to get anybody to basically tell him what was going on and um, one guy that did was the grandson of one of the board members and his granddad took elizabeth holmes aside turned up turned up to his door in the middle of the night threatening him not to speak to to john carroll and they're going to take him to court and they're going to do him over so he went to his granddad and said look this is a scam and his granddad believed elizabeth holmes over him oh my god turns out it is a scam um, she's now claiming that the the aforementioned Sonny Balwani was uh, coercing her, was making her do this, had an, had an abusive relationship uh, and forcing her to do everything. I mean, I don't want to get into that. Um, any form of Jeez. domestic violence obviously is horrendous. But this fraud went on for such a long time before Sonny was even part of the business. That can't be the case. And yeah, so she went, she was a billionaire. She went from a billionaire to nothing in days. It, you know, it guys, just the search, it's John Carreyrou, it? it is, it is. And this is, this is 1% of what happened. And it's just, wow. There's a book on it. There's going to be a movie about it. Um, Just Google Elizabeth Holmes and just have a look. She's, she's an interesting individual like the limelight. So yeah, it's just what I had to talk that about on the pod. Genuinely unbelievable. It, it is, and it the, I think the worst part for me about it is this was people's health. Yeah, the, I, I think that is the like absolute. You know, that's the crux of it, isn't it? It's like yeah. how how can you try and and benefit off people who are? Let's think about it, right? Let's take a step back. People who regularly have to get their blood taken. Mm-hmm. are usually you know uh, like those are older or ill right mm-hmm. yeah not so very well people yeah not very well people or people who are older and to kind of uh, 
I guess be quite like blunt about it and um, exploit that part of the population is just is harrowing really isn't it it is it, it genuinely is and this is just this is just a case against fraud now it would be interesting to see if there were sadly speaking if there was any fatalities if somebody mm. as a result of this sadly passed away because they didn't get the 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 right care they needed um I, I, it'll be impossible to find out if that happened but It'll be interesting to see whether that did happen. So I'm going to keep my eyes on that. It's just started. They're, they're going through jury selection as we speak. Um, the sad thing as well, I, she'll probably get three years and a slap on the wrist for committing $700 million worth of fraud. Insane. But if you were to, if if somebody in America was to get caught with a little bit of weed on them, they'll probably go away for the same amount of time. Oh, but let's not, let's not get let's not get into that. I'm not not clued up enough on that. Um, so yeah, uh, now I need I need to name this feature this this part this next segment is where we try to make you pet into a millionaire. Oh. Where you, if you've got a business or if you've got a business <laughs> idea, we flesh it out. We talk about it, how to get it started, and how to make you a millionaire. But the only the only crook of this is if you do become a millionaire, you do become a wealthy man, you have to take me out to the city of my choice and wine and dine me. That's Brilliant. all you have to do. Do you is agree it, to these terms? Is it purely if I become a millionaire because of this idea or in spite of it? No, 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 just because of this idea. I'm, if you become a millionaire in other ways, I'll just try to suck onto you like a leech. Brilliant. Um, but no, you want, you, <laughs> you're not obliged at all to take me to wherever I want to go. And I'm telling you now, it ain't going to be Croydon. It's uh, you're going to be taking me to the fanciest of fancy, right? Oh, yeah. So, do you have a business idea, pet? So, look, I've got loads of NFT-based wild goose ideas, right? But I, I think that the audience have heard enough about that. Audience, the listeners. I'm a fucking podcast professional. Why don't I just say audience? Anyway, I th- so so I've got this idea that you know the, the and a lot of people have poked holes into it, which is great. So it's died a quick death, and I maybe you can you can convince me. Oh, we will, but... we will fill it. Don't you worry. So I like the notion of being able to raise capital from non-accredited investors, right? Um, okay. What one of the biggest business opportunities for the last ten years have been have been content creators. Yep. And content creators themselves are, are businesses, right? I've been there where you're like, even if you're very small, right? You're making, you know, 10, 20, 40, 50 grand a year through your content. You, you know, you're the CEO, you're the CFO, you're the chief business guy, you're yeah. negotiating sponsorship contracts, you're you're picking out what the, you know, best guests are, you're picking out who, what the best mics and cameras are to buy. You're doing all of this and you're one person. And so that's, that's pretty uh, rare. And, and the people that do really well in this space through that are unicorns and they they do amazingly well to the point where they can hire a couple of people under them to to do the editing and and stuff like that yeah so my thing is a lot of these people the 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 grind from making like zero to 15k a year is is massive and then the grind from 15 to 50 is, is 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 big as well until you start making you know the six figures through your content the scalability is a lot more difficult because Absolutely. you have to be certain that you have the money to hire people. So that, for example, let's take Pet, right? Pet makes a podcast and it makes him 50K a year. At 50K a year, if I hire someone 
uh, on 24k a year junior audio editor who does the podcasts and and does a lot of ad- other admin stuff that leaves me the 27 26k so i either pre-tax. live on yeah pre-tax I either live on 26k pre-tax or i do it all myself and, and earn 50k and 99 percent of people are going to do the latter right absolutely if you if you're at 100k you can then hire someone at maybe 25, 30, who maybe does a bit more than audio editing. They go and, you know, they, they, they turn your podcast into a video podcast as well. They, they, help, um, they help pick out guests. They help do other stuff. And now you're te- you're, you've got healthy 70K a year pre-tax to, to go home with, which a lot of people in the UK would be absolutely chuffed with, right? Absolutely. But when you like to get to that 70K, 100K point, it's, it's, it's a big grind. It's a big ask. You've got to get some big contracts and big brands or, or partner up with some big people, right? Yeah. So, let's flip this on this head on his head if there's a creator that you really like who's quite small but you can see the potential in them why is there not the ability for a creator to sell a future percentage of their revenue to oh, their i family? know where you're going i know where so you're going. so the business idea is basically a platform where creators can sell a future percentage of their revenue so let's say pet has made 20k he's then made 30s then made 45 um and he then says to uh, uh, his fans, okay, over the next eight years, I've had an external party say that I'm forecasted to make this much money. I'm selling 15% of that future revenue to you, right? And let's say that the future expected revenue of Pet for the next eight years was, let's say, I don't know, 400K. So I'm selling 10 to 15% of that uh, future revenue and people yep. can buy a-, a chunk of that pie. And now Pet does really, really well. You can sell that that future revenue increases, and you can now sell those at a you know at a bigger price. Yeah. And now I don't have like the financial background or understanding of of how these platforms, crowdfunding platforms, work. But I do think that either a crowdfunding platform creates a, a, a an aspect of their business that that caters to that, or someone comes and does something like that because I think it's a you know, the create economy, especially when we were talking about the kind of ownership and, and stuff when it comes to crypto, the creator economy, that pie is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And people are going to help have to help accelerate some of these people in some way or form. And I think mm. that is that's an interesting model of doing it. Absolutely. I I love it. We can pick holes in it, we can we can fill holes. So what I always think about when I hear a business idea is is there anything out there to prove that idea? Not, not it's not the same idea. But is there any, is there anything out there to prove, in your case, the the nuts and crannies of it are would people invest effectively in content creators? Mm-hmm. Now the answer is yes. There is something out there that people do that, and that is Patreon. Mm. So if if the argument is well, no one's going to pay to to own a part of my content. Oh, well, yeah, they will because Patreon out there they and also Patreon is transactional, right? Absolutely. So we're talking about owning a percentage uh, of future revenue. Absolutely. So they're not actually getting anything. People are paying Patreon. No, they're paying five pound, ten pound, twenty pound, fifty quid a month, whatever it is. Um, and that is too effectively just to support the creator, not get anything in return. You might get an extra podcast. You might get early podcasts, whatever. That proves. Uh, and also another example is Twitch. People mm-hmm. subscribe to other people on Twitch, and you can do that on YouTube. So. Is it possible? Is the first question. Is this possible, or is this uh, a little prick of blood running two hundred tests? No, it is. <laughs> it is possible. 
So somewhere, okay. somewhere in between, apparently. <laughs> somewhere in between. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just want to put out there: if this comes out to be a fraud and Pet is arrested, I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, clear your name, mate. Okay. <laughs> okay. So now we know that. Yeah, I agree. It is possible. It is something that you could that you could grow. Where would you start? Now, um, I don't know if you'd agree with me here. I think the the hardest part of this is the technology. Properly, yeah, building the actual platform. You would need the platform. So to start this, we're either going to need uh, a lot of money to pay someone to build it, or we're going to need a technical co-founder. Yeah. So let's say it's us three. Well, it's us two, sorry. We would need to go out there. We need to find a third technical a third co-founder, technical co-founder, who hopefully... Well, what the fuck do we do? We've got no clue. <laughs> oh, well, we'll get into that. There's a lot we can do. But we need someone to be able to build that product yeah. first, don't we? We need to be able to hopefully go out to there, uh, get somebody the, in an ideal world, we'll get someone who, who who built one of these um, crowdfunding platforms who was part of the team that built it. They'd get a third of the, the business and they will be able to start building that MVP, that minimum viable product. How do we monetize it though, Pet? How are we making money? So let's say somebody, um, you are on the platform, you are selling 15% of you and uh, and your future revenues or your brand for, let's keep it easy number, for 15 grand. Let's keep it nice and easy numbers. Yeah. How do we make money off that? Do we take a cut or? We take a cut, yeah. What, What numbers we're looking at? I've got no idea. I haven't thought this far ahead. This is the furthest this, I've ever heard thought of this with this. This is idea. where we go, mate. This is this is how we do it. We we might come into run into a few walls, but this is how we do it. I think the you uh, well, Patreon and OnlyFans, and then they take about twenty percent. Yeah, but that's twenty percent from a tenner. Yeah, we're not we're not we're raising fifteen grand here. I I think you need to be looking at the uh, probably like the three four percent mark. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I was we say five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're probably you're probably knocking on the door of five. Four sounds a lot less than five, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It's really easy maths. But saying to someone four percent, that sounds a lot less than saying to someone five percent. It's the exact reason that when uh, um, Ray Kroc, Ray Kroc, got in touch with the McDonald brothers, he wanted to charge a two percent fee. The McDonald brothers said no, it has to be one point nine. 1.9 sounds a lot less than 2. Um, so I think for around that 4% mark, we will take a cut of their money. But what do we do for that? Uh, we provide the platform, which is what our technical co-founder will look after. You've then... You, you're probably going to want the legals covered in that as well, wouldn't you, as a customer? Mm. I just want to sign up for your website, um, put my proposition out there and a few other details. And then if someone, or a lot of people, it's not going to be one person. It's going to be, you'd hope hundreds or maybe even thousands of people investing small amounts of money. You want it all to be automated. You want that legal paperwork to be covered by pet limited. Yeah. That means hiring somebody, doesn't it? That means getting Mm. a lawyer involved. Yeah. That's general counsel, general counsel, somebody who can write that up. In all fairness, once it's once they have written that generic contract, it's going to be the same for everybody. Mm. So that won't be a recurring cost. You will get this technical co-founder. Let's call him. Let's let's call him Bob. We'll get 
Bob who will build it into the site that this paperwork is filled in with the with the correct influencer or the content creators details and all the people that are effectively going on their cap table which is for people who don't know a cap table is um everyone who owns shares in a company but in this case it will there'll be only shares in a content creator that's going to be the difficulty of this business is getting that leak making it making sure it stands up and the aftercare of it right and also getting the big content creators on it oh that that that, i'm gonna come to that i'm gonna come (laughs) to that i've already got that in the old ticker so i think we'll have to do this properly you might have to raise a bit of money um the reason i say raise a bit of money um and not a lot of money is because you've got that technical co-founder to get to get it off the ground it's more a case of let's sell shares into somebody but let's get an expert in this industry so I would want to sell shares to a big content creator. I would like to go to, for example, KSI. If I had, if I had to tag it into KSI and say, look, JJ, we've got this idea. We want not much money. We just want a little bit of money so you've got skin in the game. And it will help us with those early running costs. The real value you'll provide us is that legitimacy we he would be able to go he would know those content creators he would there'll be even the the bigger boys they might have a lot of ideas but they just don't have the funds to cover it yet yeah so even some of the side men they're 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 big but they might think i want to do this i want to start my own business i want to i want to build a trampoline park i don't know I need money for that. How about I sell part of my, part of me, part of my online persona? I think that's the way to go. Would you agree? I I agree. I agree. Um, I I think there's a lot of things you need to do to get something like this off the ground. Yeah. If I, anyone I, ever absolutely. does it, let me know. <laughs> if anyone, if they do it, I'm taking them to court. <laughs> Because <laughs> they would have been on here. I, I, I really I, know if uh, a podcast is protective of IP. <laughs> we'll, we'll, have, we'll have to see how that holds up in court. Yeah, we will see. I'm going to hire whoever Elizabeth Holmes's lawyer is. <laughs> he'll he'll do anything if he does that job. Um, I think the the way to make money on this is is pure volume, isn't it? Yeah, you've you've yeah. got you've got and to eventually get it you start your own fund as well. Oh yes, yeah. Like yeah. You oh. I've just thought of a different way to monetize. <laughs> How about as part of the agreement, there's a small fee. There's a, there's a small 1% fee just to cover our day-to-day running costs. But we take 1%. As part of it, we take 1% of that content creator. So if they're selling 15, effectively that goes to 16. We take 1% um, as our as our cost to providing the other 15%, finding the other the other people to put in the other money. And then we go long on it. We we hope we hit a KSI. We hope we hit somebody in five years who turns massive and then we can sell our stake in them for a lot more yeah. money. We have 1%. I mean, most of them will probably flop like businesses do, but we might hit. What, what, what do you think of that idea? I think that makes sense as well. I think, to be honest, like thinking about it, there are quite a few ways that you can... Yeah, you can. you can kind of like monetize these types of things 
Yeah. Um, it's just whether or not they're substantial enough to cover the running costs. That So this might be a business. Well, well, in my head, this is a business that if it succeeds, you're a billionaire. Um, more than likely, it's going to fail. You can end up with nothing. Uh, you, you could, instead, invest your time in just creating like a, a smaller business that if it succeeds, you're going to have a nice lifestyle when there's a higher chance of it. If this one succeeds, now you are, you're owning Derby County, you're taking them out of administration, you're flying them up, they're going to smash the Arsenal 12-0 every time we play them. Um, but the chances of that are slim, but there is yeah. a chance of it. So to do that, this will probably need regular funding. You're going to get to a point where your monthly revenue isn't going to cover your running costs, and it's going to be difficult to make enough to, to get that monthly revenue. So you're going to have to raise money from institutional investors to until you can get to that break even to that to that profitability stage and at that point you will be swimming in it basically mm. do you agree i agree yeah totally so that's agree. it so i think that's your idea that's that's ticked off that's it isn't it that's it millionaire so <laughs> guess we're buying a yacht mate i guess we're buying a yacht <laughs> Uh, the, for that, this is the kind of idea that I I personally like. I I prefer big bets. I prefer mm. the idea that could literally change the world um, and change the way because that could be great for content creators. If you look from a value proposition side, it would be, it would be incredible if you needed money to do a, a project and then one of your NFT projects or something, and you wanted to sell a chunk of yourself. It would be great for you. It's hard to build a brand. I think you've done a really good job at building your brand. <laughs> so why shouldn't you be able to monetize from it and grow quicker? Exactly. Just like businesses. Exactly. Do. Exactly. Right. Well, I think well, you've got to go now. So I thank you I very do. much for your time. Um, no, 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 do you want to just plug pleasure. where people can find you? So at Pet Barisha on Twitter. So that's P-E-T-B-E-R-I-S-H-A. Easiest place to find me. Oh, that's brilliant. And uh, I'm pretty active there. Yeah, 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 you are. That's where we talk, isn't it, on Twitter? <laughs> um, well, I'm Mike. Uh, my, I'm going to plug myself as well. Is Mish DCFC, M E E S H DCFC. Please feel sorry for me because I'm a Derby fan. We have gone into administration. It's going to be a tough few years, but well, <laughs> it's not been a glorious past twenty years, to be honest with you. So I'm well used to it. Um, a favour from everybody, if you listen to this, if you like the podcast, if you just leave us a, a five-star review, you can usually do it in app. That'd be great. It'll really help us grow. Uh, I just really want to thank everyone for listening. It's had a good response since we've started this, since we took over from, from Dara. Uh, yeah, so just really quick thank you. We've had a message from Dean. Just a, just a really simple message on my Twitter saying, um, really enjoying the pod. Uh, thank you for carrying on the community and that really it's a lot of work to do these as you'll know pet and <laughs> it's nice to have a bit of feedback every so often so no thank you very much everybody and uh well have a good week <laughs>